You're listening to 50 Years of West Limerick Hurling Clubs with Pat O'Donovan and guests. Welcome, gentlemen. You're very welcome to the programme. And, of course, it's covering the GA clubs from West Limerick from 1970 until 2019, indeed, and 2020. Nothing is happening anywhere. So that 70-year period, and, of course, two very famous clubs, two very, very old clubs, Fianna Media, founded, as it is now known, Fianna Media, founded in 1955 by Cannon Wall. And one of the earlier matches, of course, was way back in 1870 when Fina played Drummond at Castletown. And then moving on to the, of course I should welcome Jim Long is the gentleman who's telling us all about Fina and Kilmeade for the past 50 years and from St Mary's Sean Finn's GA club in Redkeel is James O'Connor and of course Redkeel equally a very very old club. It was formerly known as Abraham's and later changed the name to St Mary's and of course they had Drummond and they had other ones in between as well. The first game played was a football match, strangely enough, from for Abrahams, and that was in 1885, when Red Keel, strangely enough, it was Fina they played in that first match, so it's a coincidence that we have those two clubs here with us. And that was in 1885, the year after the GA was founded. And of course, in those early years, a lot of gold watch tournaments and was very, very common. They were dating at the time, in actual fact, and of course, Red Keel were a very strong club at that particular time, and Abrahams of course as they were called at that time and as most GA people know that Kilfinnan won the All-Ireland in 1899 Kilfinnan won the All-Ireland holding final for Limerick in 1899 but very very few people know that Red Keel got beaten that is Abrahams again got beaten in the county semi-final by Kilfinnan by just one point so Red Keel missed out there on history and glory and of course the colours of Red Keel in those days was white with a green strip a green stripe and that they were the, the heydays of Red Keel really and most clubs at that particular time and then immigration hit in a big way and literally many of those famous clubs in all the different counties got thin out and annihilated. So sorry for taking all that off you there, James. I'm sure you'd have filled us in all that background. All right, I'm a bit before my time, Pat. So from the 1970s, we're dealing with, and you're familiar with all those years, of course, James Redfield and the, the, hurl, the, the hurlers and the times, and of course also from Redfield. I'm not supposed to be doing all the talking. But no, there was a little bit there in that fine book, of course, The West Awake, which is a fabulous book there, John and others were involved in that many years ago. And the Magners, indeed, in Red Keel, Pat Magner and the Magner family, they were very involved in Red Keel and they gave them uh, the field free of charge, without any charge. This is quoting the West Limerick GA book, page three. From an outing in the Limerick leader in 1947 on the occasion of the funeral of Pat Magner of Rivellon, there were reference to playing fields that were made available to the club at different times. Sometime around 1902 or three, there was even a practice pitch available in Red Keel when Jackie Magner of Cool and Orden offered his field at Kyle Thorne for training of matches and he 
he refused to accept any remuneration. He was a cousin of Pat Magno of Riverland, who later gave the club the site of the new athletic grounds when its early years attracted all Gildham. The county final was played there as other inter-county championship matches as well. In 1904, Father Casey's rugby field had a fixture there also in June, the height of the grass-growing season, and for any money, the club could not find the pitch. Father Casey himself approached John Magno and noted his answer. Have any of my fields you wish? There will be fields and grass when we're all dead and gone. How right he was. Another little anecdote there related to the Magno family in Ratkeel. An important match in Limerick happened to clash with three local funerals. All available horses were booked up and mortars were unknown at the time. Pat Magno gave orders to Pat Flaherty to go down and bring back two of his best horses for the wagonette. At his own funeral, his remains were shouldered by Bill Sheehan, honorary president of the West Board, Mick Madigan, Paddy Flaherty and Con Bet Inright. So that's the name that brings it up close enough. In the field in Ratkeel, James, that's how it came about. It was given free of charge by the Magno family. What are your recollections of matches in your earlier years going there in well, the clubs? In the, in, the, in, the, in the field, it's known as the Bog Garden for a simple reason is it was a bog. But, um, in recent years, thank God that um, a good job has been done in it and this hut is too dry now. We'll be watering it. <laughs> but in, rec- in those years, I suppose I was only young, but I remember the likes of Pat Lancy and Blackie and Blondie and them coming up and playing. They would have been the real men. Yeah. In the 60s, they would have been very strong, I'd say, Jim would. The, the bog garden, I, I, that one uh, irritates me hugely. Over many, many years, I was often tempted to write a letter to the papers about it. It, it was named after Sean Finn, the local hero at Keel, who was shot dead in Ballyhall. And I, I, I think it's deplorable the way people keep referring to it morning, noon and night as the bog garden. Yes, but I suppose with little or no respect to the man that it was called after. Oh, definitely. It is, I suppose, the right name is Sean Finn Park. Like I, wouldn't, I wouldn't call it, I'd never call it the Bog Garden in a report, no, for a match. I'd call it Sean Finn Park. And I think the county, even county board matches are still calling it that. Call but the, I never, I, I, I don't think it's a nice name for a few I think years. it's very offensive because to the name. Oh, the, I remember going and getting drivers in a bar of a bite this uh, West semi final in Rakhil. There was a lot of the West finals in the 50s and the early 60s played in Rakhil. And like people were cycling that time. And you could get two or three thousand people at the fourth round of a junior championship. The West that time. There was four or five teams who said there was very little between the North Six. There was a kind of a, a big tradition that time in the J whatever it was with the people. Every, if there was a match that time, everyone in the parish went to see a team in the first round. But of course, it was a knockout that time, didn't it? You know? No, definitely. You, there was good crowds going at times. Realistically, there's no one going to matches now. You know? Aye. I suppose there's more There's more going on. There's people travelling or more. And Jim Long, isn't it true what James says? There's very few going to matches. Well, there's now. a lot more matches on two courts, like, you know, if we accept that. You know, yes. and you, you see, you have a league system now too. Even take the Munster Championships now, or any Championships, you can lose um, maybe a match or two, and you could still go to the final stages of the championship. You know, but I, I, I'm about the same age as maybe ten or fifteen, twenty years younger than the two of you. But back in the 1950s, uh, when I was a young lad, the GA field, there'd be huge crowds. They would huge crowds at matches. Now, there's you could go to see the t- same two 
teams yeah. playing and there wouldn't be 50 people maybe with the last there. few weeks there with no matches on and things and in fairness that station there are showing a lot of old matches <coughs> you could spend the night looking at old matches but if you look at the crowds that were at them you know but then it's different times and things are different so people move on and I don't think the same interest is there with youngsters now they kind of play it if it suits and if it doesn't they'll go and do something else Whereas that time is there an element of it since they started back doors and side doors and county county pushing the county to the detriment of the club well I suppose there's a big hold up for anyone to have inter-county players in the middle of the year now and it stops up the club championship and it it probably maybe a couple of players could with being involved with county can just hold it which is that's the system that's there and they don't see they want anyone seem to be able to remedy, remedy the system and it haven't been remedied Trumardin had a wonderful team as well in the well yeah I think Trumard and Ballyanlan had a team and then the Raquel had a team so there was three teams in a small area there at one stage well before my time it was common enough in most parishes yeah. across Ballyanlan had a junior B team I'd say at one stage there yeah. in the early 60s Johnny Clifford was the main man there I think yeah. that, that and time. there was another place in the place in the parish of Granite they had a junior B team in list one which was only a town and they say because for yeah. a lot of lads that time wouldn't get in that places in the bigger teams and that you know start but it would that might be elaborating to other town lands as well yeah. had you any splits like that in Fina Kilmeady well no Fina had her own team and, they were, which were, and Kilmeady then had a team in the 50s and some of the Fina Kilmeady Fina lads were playing with Drunkolor at that time but they had a junior team in Kilmeady and then Father Wall and Rory Kiley and, and, and Tommy Hatchin and, and a good few more people got together then and they put it under together in 54 they played it under Fina or Sanditas and then after that was Fina Kilmeady well you see you probably had you had a lot of populations that the population could be kind of a lot of people going away at the time you know but there was no there was there was always a good spirit in the G at that particular stage was anywhere you know because everyone looked forward to going to the G matches but I suppose there's a lot more happening in well you still get good matches and I suppose there's more divisions now you've seen her intermediate junior, right. junior B that time you basically had seen her in junior so, and I suppose was, in recent years then you have rugby and soccer training. Well you have but the G are holding their own too in fairness when it does come to knockout stages the crowds do appear. Yeah but they're holding their own what's left as you and I know when I was involved with Red Keel there were matches on yeah, I suppose some we, of them were gone playing soccer or oh, played in the morning. And, that, yeah. We have to be fair to players too. Players are putting a good bet into the G at club level now. The player, they see the player is the basic. People can talk about county boards and all boards but the player is the basic. If you happen to play you have to play you have nothing and I, I would credit players because I see often go back to the training on my own club and Phoenix and media and fellas will be going down from Cork to training or maybe down up from, from many places around you know the, the effort is made alright like and I think people you know people should always respect the youth are keeping are keeping active you know Was there much overage players being used by Phoenix and media in your time? Not in my time anyway <laughs> no, well, 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 well like there was two players that were the 31st of December and any of the two never played at that time Phoenix Media I thought it was based on when they were the baptismal cert was it not no when you're born yeah, you're born I, I thought in good clubs now I won't name the clubs like but that if they were born on the 30th or 31st and it was usually home births possibly at that time or maybe a little earlier they usually held it over till the 1st of January so is that qualified uh, that, that, that would be up to the people that would be maybe doing the seal but I know that we had two 
who but players. the families like would be yeah. GA families I know we around Clare now Pat maybe but not up this side I know we had two players now and they lost they're probably uh, one of them lost the county minor because he never played because he, he couldn't play because he was a day over age John Shirley O'Regan was here beside us she's the producer of this programme she must be wondering what in the name of God a dimple is that <laughs> well like in fairness now to most clubs at that particular stage when I grow, grown up there now and when I was club secretary um, I had the majority of clubs played things right now they, they were correct now oh yes definitely majority oh there was a big majority of clubs that were correct like we, there was one thing that were very exact about now in the 60s and that time and my time in Phoenix and media Rory Kiley now was very exact about the edges actually and Rat Peel James never played an illegal player in our life mm. had it kind of stopped nearly in the 70s 80s or it was still going on in the 70s that probably was I, I never remember it in my playing days and yeah knowingly like no yeah, well I never remember it and yeah, yeah. Know, um, you wouldn't because really and truly when the boards kept well on top of that like you couldn't and you wouldn't anyway to be fair to the players uh, around age you wouldn't play out of age ones so. well, I was talking to a well known Ratkeel personality today yeah. which is the 16th of June 2020 and he referred to a match that Newcastle West and Ratkeel played in back in many 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 moons ago beyond the period we we're dealing with earlier than 1970 mm-hmm. and he was overaged the Ratkeel player was you know and they beat Newcastle West and the player he was marking when the match was over he turned over to this, he turned over to him and said goodbye now my old my old man <laughs> <laughs> well maybe records wouldn't kept too sweet in times but yeah. nowadays well, I'd say now computers uh, and things nowadays everything at is that, kept at, up to date. At, at that particular stage you know in the 40s maybe in the very early 50s people didn't know what it is like they didn't know one another. Oh, yes, yes, yes. There wasn't much travelling in that. Oh, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. No, that, that was definitely there was an element of that as well. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, well, you have to be, you have to be technically right, always, you know. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it, Jim. Yes, Jim. <laughs> Referees, Jim, you, you're a well-known referee, and I'm sure you, I do know that you got a fair amount of abuse from people on the sideline, usually, rather than the players on the field. I never found people too bad, no, never. Uh, but you got a lot of abuse. I know you might. Or did you, you hear it? You, well, I think people were honest enough, like, once you know, once would be fair enough with people and try and do your best, like, but yeah. there th- th- was a certain amount of good refereeing done out down the years with people too, like, you know. And were you ever attacked or assaulted? No. No, I wouldn't. I might give out a bit, all right. But no, I was never assaulted. You hadn't to get an escort. No, that didn't ever happen. Well, I have to say, now, and Jim refereed a lot of matches that I played with. I don't <laughs> think you could meet a more honest man. He always had uh, the welfare of the player in mind, and, uh, and yeah. in fairness, fairness was his game. So I must go along with that myself, Jim, because I. Oh yeah, yeah but uh, like was we have to know from his days. But I think I think that the refereeing in general, the, the most important aspect I always believed about refereeing, and I think. Uh, and he's let the, the, let the game run as much as possible. Yeah. I see there now, I was watching a match now last Sunday, it was going back to 89 now, and Turner's Murray was refereeing it. I thought he gave an expedition of refereeing like that particular day. I know it wasn't, he lifted run and he only blew what he had to blow and he knew, you know, mm-hmm. that was a lot of what like refer, the refereeing in Limerick was quite good in West Limerick that time. You had, you know, you had Jack Quaid and Jim Quaid did and you had Neely Doug. 
Jerry Fitzgerald was probably a bit before that who had yeah. Noel O'Connor Eddie Carbett and Skeeton did it that time now Noel O'Connor now is not a good referee in fairness yeah Noel was the, Michael Noel, Ryan Skeeton he was later a bit thinning in the season you know? yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, Tom Sullivan in the army was a very commanding referee in the older days now he, refereeing wasn't a big factor at that time even fellas back in the very old days I remember now Tom McNamara and Rex Shield was a very and uh, Frank Neenan did it there and Rex Shield and then you know, another man that did a good bit of juvenile game we used to go down to play a juvenile match at one time was Jim Langan Jim Langan and Sean Sullivan did, and Sean Sullivan did, and Paddy, Abra- Paddy Brown and Tony Hatton who stood in Bellingaria and Jim Danaher did it in Akadaria I don't want to and it's kind of a bit officious now the referees in the uh, Pat Lane was very good top class in the football and West Limit now I thought too at that particular stage you know and, and there was another man up in Westmead top class at the time in the football to uh, Paddy Collins John Maloney of course was a great all-round referee yeah, he career. passed away there sometime yeah. but back to the Ratkeel then James any games and players from the early 70s that you would have been young now watching it at that time you know? well like I said Pat Lancey would have been a standout player in goals that's um, Tom Mack was you playing was I would never remember Tom Mack playing or you doing before my time was early, was Tom McNamara Tom McNamara played with Limerick in 1953 at Sandy Bears oh, yeah. Tom McNamara was playing cornerback for Rakeel and Stephen McDonald was on and you had Paddy Ryan fullback right you had the fullback line you would name the fullbacks that time in West Limerick and the full forwards yeah. you had Donny, Donald Braddock was the fullback for Drunkolor Paddy Gilburn was Fiona Donald Braddock was Drunkolor Paddy Gilburn was Fiona uh, 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 Jim Kelly was Newcastle West uh, you had uh, Brendan Long was Phoenix in media that's when they played as the West team in the county oh they played in the West Junior Championship Billy Sheehan was a fullback for the day and you had nearly the same full forwards they knew the Noel Wilbert and Rakeel was playing full forward and you had um, Moss Quaid and Ballingarry Mick Quaid was a fullback you know but did they play as a West team no they played in their own clubs their own but they club. probably played with the West one but you were just kind of saying they were outstanding players no, that, that, was a, that was a you could that time for a number of years you had the same full back and the same full forward all the time in, in, in those clubs yeah yeah, nearly had, understand and they were meeting all the time you know yeah what about the forwards Jim? there was another goal in it there at one time too I thought he was outstanding but he never got the chance really with Sean Sparling an outstanding goalkeeper he never got a chance at all I don't know why it's all about a bit of luck isn't it but uh, in those days I suppose Blondie McInerney not him died there a couple of years ago now but uh, yeah. he was outstanding for a keel stylish and you had Blackie well they were known as Blackie and Blondie uh, I think Blondie was stylish and Blackie was the the workhorse as we call it <laughs> but, uh, but they worked well together anyway and you were also Jerry Fitz that time playing for a keel and you had like I say Pat Lancey and Tom Mack and Stephen McDonald and Paddy Ryan the full back line you had uh, later years then I suppose Tom Markham would have been there in the early days and I ended up playing a good few years with Tom Markham now he went well that would be in the years. 70s was it? it would have been I'd say Tom played in the 60s as well when they were very yeah, strong yeah yeah but he went down to the 70s when I was starting when I was starting Blackie was going off and Tom was still there and yeah. I remember playing Fina one day above in, in, in Cooley Row in a knockout junior championship game I think he went to three two and a half games Jim do you remember? I do 86 I think yeah. 86 Morris Sullivan broke our heart with a 65 in the last minute and we were the underdogs then levelled the game and he did the same in the replay Morris O'Sullivan of Fianna Kilmeade did he ever play for the county? He, he was on the under 21 panel in 73 all right, and he, he, played he was a stylish player now, a lovely player yeah a great player and well, they, didn't, they, they didn't that many from West Limerick ever play a scene with Limerick it was, it was very easy to count them do you know why? I don't know I, I, I can't answer that question I couldn't answer it today even if Westman but why do you think like I don't know it just never happened that, I don't know was it because they were from West Limerick? I, I don't know it would be hard to know do you think James? I, mean, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say so no, I just think 
just look, you have to be playing senior. But Holland if you were with the big senior clubs, you had a better you chance. Would, well, you would always have a better chance if you were playing better Holland. There's no doubt mm-hmm. about that. Mm-hmm. Better Holland will always play better if you play. Would it have been the fact, Jim, that, was, that they were playing with junior clubs around the. A lot of them were playing with junior clubs there. Yeah. Yeah. And they were come play- to the North to And they were playing even with the, even in the divisional team, Western Gales had. Well, they'd only one player make it over at that. And that was my neighbour, Mikko Brian over in Phoenix in Media. And the senior team for Limerick for four or five years. And I do you think those Western Gales, and I played them myself, they should definitely have kept him going because that was where the junior player got a chance to show yeah, yeah. and I thought they were very good back in the I played with them for a few years yeah, now that's when the 90s yeah. a lot most of them Jerry Mullen were involved in them yeah you didn't mean it and Jerry Mullen there while you were in your temple referee so Jerry referee Jerry was a, yeah, absolutely well. very good referee and absolutely good in the club as well he was yeah. he, I'd say he served in every office and I know over a team now Jerry if you had trouble getting out of the team he was the one man that would rise him and in fairness if you listen to Jerry inside in the dressing he team had he had the personality like he had, around, he had and yeah. you'd push out the door with John. But no fairness, he was a good trainer and he proved it everywhere he went. He had he success. He went to a lot of clubs. He had a lot of success. So, in fairness, now, and he died a young man, which is an awful shame I, I, and an awful I, I, loss. Another great man that time to write in the paper too was Michael Hanley. I thought Michael mm-hmm. Hanley was, was excellent. He was very good. And so writing was, reports, is that? Yeah, I thought he was excellent. Not yeah. taken. Involved in a lot of levels in the GA. Not taken from anyone else, but Michael Hanley was very good at that particular yeah. stage. Yeah, and I suppose I should compliment you, Jim as well because you've done a fantastic job of writing notes and keeping notes and passing them into the library up here as well a fantastic man for reporting matches and different matches in different places over many many years well I'd, I'd help I'd often lot of and poor Harry Greensmith have two games for him often because if he wouldn't have to get back to the yeah. they'd be back further back in his own area and I often showed him for Johnny Welch and yeah, Harry was a gentleman actually wasn't he he passed away some years ago as well well, we didn't think of Shane Horrigan either there now when we were talking about referees right, yeah. and a very young man to die and I that's do right. think he would have gone all the way as a referee well he had refereed all Ireland minors I think minors, he would at this stage he? he had but I think he would have at this stage at he would have senior refereed middle, yeah, yeah. he definitely would have and, uh, Shane of course was died tragically in a car crash at Reens Pike some yeah. few years back so do you know we've had our bit of misfortune I suppose but Keel has had a lot of tragedies over the years between one thing and another but I suppose every club goes through its own share you had a number of players that died you young had two players actually there uh, in the space of six weeks that died Mike Sullivan and, and young Paul Hogan Mike was killed down in Tralee off a motorbike and, Paul, and uh, a very fine hurdler indeed as well the two of them were actually the, the two of them played yeah. in the All-Ireland Juno B final the couple of months before it yeah. so, and then you had Molly Frawley the powerhouse of everything in between which died with an illness so yeah. you know it was unusual that two young hurdlers like that were there in their 20 is only yeah. wasn't it it was tragic yeah, yeah. very tragic and tragic Six for the families and everything like yeah. you know but that's, that's the way it happens do you know it is tough you had some outstanding players as well and county players Jim in well I suppose if we go back to the very start of the time you were saying the start of the GA you had uh, Dr. Jimmy Catty he was uh, he, played, he won in two uh, an All Ireland scene in 36 and 40 you his brother scene and you had Tom Toomey you know and then coming up along then you, you had Kevin Long was a very good uh, very, uh, very 
very top class hurler and would Mick O'Brien with him at the time and there was other players Lynn Down back along Dean Ulsan club level Kevin Long played for the county for many years he played for six or seven years anyway. he was a New, he was a New York Dean in his earlier years again you know yeah. Yeah, he, he, he could do one thing that time a lot of fellas couldn't I see it he could sidestep going to a ball like, you know, that's, you know great he was but, but he was probably your best player was he ever well he at that particular state period he was and he might like to know because they had, they had a hard look story in Limerick at that time in Clare in 1966 they would beat by Cork but of course there'll be always hard look stories won't there and Red Keel producing county players at senior level well I suppose in the early days I, the likes of uh, Jerry Fitz would have played with him and Pat Lancey like I said now would have got with played to Limerick senior Limerick, Holland yeah at some stage or other you know but, but um, you know you've a bit of luck on that side too it would be great to have a holler on the, on the actually this year now was our kind of our first year having a, a young fellow on the minor panel and team and sure unfortunately who is he young Michael Sheehan he would have been in the first time in a long time now I think Eddie Gainey was the last fellow we had where is he uh, from he'd be from Reckiel now up of Mullins and Cross there do you know the Sheehan's and Mullins and Cross I'd say Eddie Gainey would have been the last guy at minor level to have uh, yeah families then involved in the GA have a huge bearing on it like uh, when I got involved in Redkeel some years back and uh, Molly and Patsy Doherty uh, like I was complimenting Jim Long there on his pen and paper work but uh, Molly and Patsy Doherty like they used to cut the field in Redkeel with two hand pushed lawnmowers absolutely yes. I don't think we'll, as the saying goes we won't ever see it like that again no we? no I mean well you don't replace people like that um, they were unbelievable I mean Patsy lived for it like in fairness now and I suppose we're losing a bit of that now like families aren't inclined to settle or stay in the area you know the young fellas are travelling now and moving away and we're losing out in those families and we would be getting tight in numbers and Shane Horrigan and I were involved there at a point in time and we put a lot of effort in and won a lot of underage matches and to me being involved in Radkeel when I went there about 24 years ago, 25 years ago Hurlem was very poor it's underage and we had an under 14 team, I think it was 14, mm-hmm. or was it 12 and we beat a dare for the first time I would think ever in many years uh, and Nakaderi as well and uh, most of them two teams would have been very very skillful and they'd be flipping balls over the bar but my policy was a policy of ground holding because you wouldn't get them trained up otherwise for catching and rising and I think we did have been one match by four goals and a pint ten pints that kind of thing so ground holding is very very important which seems to have died away a bit as well yeah it doesn't seem to be in the in but the Shane Horrigan then was very involved he even continued on after my time he put an almighty effort in he that, did in fairness which put that team to your time but to run Dal Ireland Junior Final because yeah, he, he literally made that he did he made that team he started that team in fairness to him he did he was lucky I suppose as well that there was a good bunch of the same age young fellas coming through and they were interested and well, he kept them together and he got them going in fairness you might say he was lucky and I might say that he just went out and found them and well, brought them in too, definitely definitely you know? but they, if you look at them they come from a lot of traditional families too do you know yeah. that their families would have been involved and I think mm. that's number one if you can keep the family involved the youngsters usually follow on but it does help yeah but equally you will find lots of fine players that are coming with no parental interest at all the yeah. school is the thing if you can why is the, the school, school so weak 
Martin Redkeel from a hurling friend. I couldn't friend. do that now. I wouldn't be sitting here. I'd have a more powerful job, I'd say. I don't know, Pat, it is, but it's, it's, it's poor for GA because a lot of it's the... A huge, it's a huge catchment area, that school in Redkeel. It is, but if you look at it, a lot of the catchment area are going to other schools. Unfortunately, we seem to lose a lot of the players that go to those schools, which... But yeah, Redkeel seem to lose a lot of miles over the border, like there was a bit well, of that's what I mean, yeah. But sure, look, it is a touchy subject and I won't go to go into it. But, uh, <laughs> and have all them, the objections kind of stopped now, have they? Well, if, like I said to Jim there earlier, I'm not going to follow with people over GA. So I think the powers that be should push the rules if the rules are there. But now, we'll take a break at this point in time and we'll be back to you shortly. Rakeel beat Phoenician Media in 68 West under 21 semi final, and they met then in 1970. And Phoenician Media beat them two points in Drum and the final was delayed in Leaf Tourna Follower, but they did not put played nearly the following year and Tourna yeah. Follower won it. But it uh, was a referee from Mitchestown, a referee that in the storm, he's still alive actually, he's 90 years of age you now. It's a Rakeel, and do you know who was a very good hauler in Rakeel that time? Was Noel, F- Noel Fitzgerald. Noel Fitzgerald. We had a couple of nice haulers that time. Good we had a, there was a good share of nice haulers that time, the Phoenician Media team with Johnny. Ian and John Reedy and them lads that time, you know, and there was a good Daniel Sullivan and there were Morris Sullivan was on it, Mike Law Sullivan, you know, they beat him, but there was no Brad Rakeel. The Sullivan family, there was no quite a number of See, there was different families, but that time in the scene, the club, we were saying later, the time you had, fa- you had families, you had, you had the Sullivans and you had the Flynn's and you had the O'Connors and you had the Galvins, you know. Yeah. And uh, another very good hole at that time, too. Billy Lynch now gave a lot of time to the and Phoenix and me too. He used to play a full back. He was a great, a great man to, 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 to do, to know. And he played into firm with Shannon Meats. And another great holder that came to us too at that particular stage from Milford was Nicholas Roach, a great holder, to know. And the 80s then? Well, the 80s, uh, St. Cairns were very strong in the 80s. And they beat us at St. Every time we ever meet, met St. Cairns, we were never we were never good enough for them. The 80s didn't. They won. In 1979, they would beat Raquel in, in the West final. And Raquel beat him in the county final. Junior holding? Yeah. No, it wasn't. It was actually beat him. 79. You had, the, you had the Fitzgeralds that time at Ballingarry and Old Connor Keefe and Old Davy Keefe. And you know. which Fina Kilmeady, yeah? Yeah. 86, I suppose, was the, the, the time that Cairns were strong. But we met Fina above in Cooley Row and um, we were really the underdog now. But uh, we actually hauled them very well in the day and we were up a pint with time up. But there was a 65 given away anyway and Mara Sullivan put it over the bar. But that day, I think a haul in the net saved Fina because I know Jim Galvin well he was in goals and Tom Markham took a shot and Jim turned around to pick the ball out of the net and he saw the umpire waving the white flag the ball went out through the hole in the net I'm afraid <laughs> but yeah. sure then are the days and that's the look of the game but Morris Sullivan that day and you had the Barrys as well playing of course you had Liam Casey was a strong hurler um, Mike Sullivan to the Harties were good to know we had Ganey that time now he was hurling well to know, we had a few we, we had strong hurlers but I suppose we were always lacking a few Tom Malcolm was still going well even though he was coming to the end of his, his career at that stage but he was still the driver 
driving force behind it. You know, it was just we needed a bit of luck yeah. to get over Red the line. Red has a reasonably good catchment area, have they? They wouldn't, really. It is a big area, but a small amount of houses now. Well, going to Croak direction, it only goes to the five crosses, right, I think. Roads, so and there's nothing at that side. Going to the Kappa, or going to Skeeton side, it goes just outside the Bog Garden, the, the Holland. <laughs> you mean Sean Finn Memorial yeah, Park? Okay, yeah, but old habits. And I suppose the bigger area is up the Berengari Nakadara side. It is, yeah, up but to Berengari. It nearly goes to Church and Berengari, doesn't it? Yeah, it goes to the cross, yeah. To the cross there, Loftus the Vettis. Yeah, That's the boundary, is it? Yeah, both sides. And it goes back then towards. Back to Bellian and then back, you know, but there isn't a huge pile of houses there, you know, and we lost a few there along the years as well, you know, for some one reason or another, but I suppose there's a bit of. You mean you lost them to Nakaderi and you lost them to Bellingary, is it? Well, sure, look, I suppose people are entitled to go to school wherever they want to go to school, you know. Yeah, but they could go to school, but they'd be still obliged to play with the club that they're in the parish of. Yeah, well, I suppose they're the rules, but the enforcement. That has caused controversy all over the country in clubs for years. Everywhere, I suppose, really. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It does. But it's just a pity because it's happened to hold on to then. Well, when young lads are going to school in a particular place and they know all the lads in that school, obviously that's the one they want to play with. It seems to be fading yeah. away a bit. You know? I was brought up to, to, to be always told that the referee's decision was final. And that's until, and that's right too. <laughs> until Claire Nuffley, when he blew the whistle a minute and a half, early and didn't wasn't final at all. Do we all remember that one? Yes, Jim, you players in the 80s, Jim. Well, you had... Um, you had Father Willie Welch and Paddy Welch, the brotherhood, Billy and Nicola Throat. No, Nicola Throat was gone that time now, even in the 70s. You had John Reedy and Daniel Sullivan, Morris O'Sullivan, Mike O'Sullivan. You had John McCarthy in Kilmedia, John Herrell here. You had, you know, like Donald Egan was there at the time. The Holland was good enough at the time, I suppose, you know, as it went. But uh, James Gallimore was being the goals at the time, didn't you know? Did you meet in many finals, semi-finals, didn't James? Uh, we don't through the years, I suppose. We met in, in a Bellingary tournament one year. Around, but it was the first time ever we beat Fina. We bought 88, it's it was, yeah. We beat him by a pint over. It was a big boost for us, quite honestly. And the semi finals, there was never much between us, but they just had that little edge, I suppose. Or a Sullivan, really. They had to know, and he was he was good to get points from anywhere. But in later years, we we actually won one over him there in the last two years ago when we won that famous match against Tornafall that we got through, and we met Fina in the final, and we were unlucky in Newcastle today. There was a big crowd there. I thought we were we, we were up three points with time up, but they got a goal, and in fairness, someone leveled it. But we won the replay. That was in Tornafall, yeah. It was the replay was in Tornafall, yeah. But Redkeel were rather unlucky not to have won that county final. A bit unlucky again. You just need a bit of luck on the, on the day, and you get one chance when you're the underdog. And we got it the first time; we didn't take it. So, but still, they're good times to look back at. And it's not all about winning; it's about taking part. It is nice yeah. to win. It is good. To win. And Fina, have they won anything major, Jim? No, not in the last fifty. They want to have three counties. They have eighty-nine, two hundred, three hundred thirteen. They want they want uh, three county juniors in the last fifty years, are they? And they want three uh, county junior. Yeah, yeah. And they want they want they want the 21 county in 72 it was played against Gareth Spillane and there was a minor they won the minor in 69 they won at 21 county yeah 72 1972 was that uh, the division 1 2 or what no there was only one grade one, at, one grade at that time yeah. right, yeah. but uh, that's all you had at that time you know and underage didn't lads how are you fixed on that one under 12 16s 14 yeah, well, I suppose there's no point in saying otherwise we are struggling for numbers big time we're joined with Croke now and we're mighty glad to be joined with Croke quite honestly yeah. because we're tight in numbers and we haven't got them 
Harry Greensmith there you mentioned him earlier on he was from Herberstown a wonderful wonderful he was, yeah, well, he, was in, he was married in Herberstown to Christina Murphy Sean Murphy's sister she was a great Camogie player with Limerick but he came from from Ballyshidi originally Harry yeah but uh, I remember talking to him the time of uh, the, 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 not the band now the band was earlier years I was involved in that myself back in the 60s but it was when the GA were giving over Croke Park for the rugby yes and there was a bit of controversy about it at the time they were opening up their, their prize position of a field in Croke Park to give it over to an organisation that was that many players got banned for having played it in previous years he and many many others were very much opposed to that that they should have kept their field and let the soccer and the rugby do their thing but were you I, I know he was quite opposed to that move at that I'd, time. Say, I'd say I'd say the GA hadn't any, any option it was the government that time to see if, if that match wouldn't play the matches wouldn't play in Crow Park people would be leaving the country to go to play outside and but what harm was that well you would be taking the finances out of the country out of Ireland sure. maybe people of other views but that was my view was there not any other pitch at all any for suitable for well that was Crow Park was exceptionally big no right you know yeah, isn't well, it like if James yeah. O'Connor who does kitchens that if he give his business off to someone else uh, on a weekend for a display and take out his own stuff and let in the opposition into display your wares no, there, I yourself. wouldn't call him I wouldn't call him opposition at this stage now I think Krog or the GA can fight their own corner and they hold their own in fairness against any of these sports like are really they holding, they, are they holding their own at club level seeing that we're already having admitted that the crowds are, if you are, are want gone to, down 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 yeah but sure, if you want to look at rugby at club level it's worse and soccer at club level we won't say too much about it but I can't I, comment uh, on rugby or soccer at club level because I must admit that I was never at a rugby match or a soccer match I think the old band thing stayed with me all my life yeah. well so look it was strictly GA matches every, I was at uh, every, every sport goes through its highs and lows and I think the GA in fairness are holding their own and I, w- I actually personally I wouldn't see anything wrong with letting them into, into Croke Park and playing this but maybe I'm too young to have that history now in the, in the veins but well it's a bit like Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael who were supposed to be poles apart once upon a time and they all jump into the, the same bed for, for whatever pensions I suppose whatever else they'd get out of it maybe whatever would be the outcome of the gym but we won't go into politics Jim we'll stick to the, the rugby and, and, and the soccer from that particular well, time Well that's one thing about rugby this year for a rugby team who studied the rugby teams in West Limerick even some of the soccer teams they can peak to see there's no we talk about Parish Road, but you can pick from any place around in soccer or rugby. So you mean Red Keel of a soccer club and Newcastle West of a soccer club? Yeah. So a guy from Red Keel could play with Newcastle? Well, I suppose he'd have to be transferred by a rule, of course, and things, you know, it's uh, naturally, you know, I know that. Anyway, we'll, stick to, we'll better stick to the GA. The underage, the, the success is weak enough from, like, I found when I was involved in the board, that, and, and it even happened at times, that I believe that you have too many divisions in underage and you have a, B and C and I recall it at meetings some nights that you had clubs trying to get down they didn't want like you said about somebody earlier on there that he was hitting the ball wide because he wanted to stay at a lower level they didn't want to whoop like this type of thing and you'd always have a bit of that but you look I mean the fact that you have different divisions is probably given more teams more of a chance of success and so success breeds success so I like, didn't agree 
agree with that then when I was involved and I don't agree with it now yeah. I can understand why it's there yeah, yeah. But I, I can recall when we had A, B and C we had clubs who should have literally been playing in the B yeah, they wanted it to know could they go into D even though D didn't exist just for the purpose of getting a cheap useless medal I think they're more organised now quite honestly and they go by the year before results and the year before that and they have records now and they, they know the way a team is coming up and if they're good at under 14 they're more than likely good at under 16 Jim so. Long the, the grading system was diabolical well let's see I suppose you, you, you're talking about population now too you're saying like you'll say well I'm talking about in the, the A and the B and the C yeah. and it's where you had clubs trying to get down and maybe they had a bit of influence which they allowed them to go down when they should have been above in the, in well, the I'd Premier say, Division I'd say, I'd say maybe that was there but I don't need I'd say it didn't there now though I think and I, I, we did then see the, the, that team playing the, the, the other one who was in in the Division B we'll say yeah, but the, where we felt that one of them should have been above in the first place that is but, a, but they beat they probably beaten by 10 goals out the gate like it just that's why I'm saying the Creighton was just stupid yeah but there's a premium scene now James O'Connor now wouldn't know more about it in the pre- right here but in the premium minor football there were some very good games played in the premier yeah, I, I was watching teams there a few years ago when the under 21 premier championship I used to go down to right here there to see him you wouldn't appear and you would kill Malik and you would dare and Patrick's will but do you think James that this hurling really we're talking about now that if they kept them up rather than you were saying that that made the level oh, yeah, well, that made their own level below you're but should they not be aiming to meet a better level above okay. yeah you're definitely better off playing in a higher grade yeah but you win you, you mightn't win a medal but at least yeah. you'll improve your standards no, we would like like we were saying that a while ago junior hurlers getting on the county team they'll get on a team if you're playing in a better grade at a higher level if you play if you play a lower grade you'll always play at that level like you've got to play above yourself if you're playing with a good hurler or against a good hurler it'll bring up more than you Jim Long officials over the years whatever, you've been going to the board meetings for many many years in earlier years I think rather than yeah. present time can you recall many or interesting meetings or obviously I do I, the first meeting I went to was in 1969 Liam Fitzmaurice was his last year of chairman and he was the, the hurler's father's party yeah, and William yeah. and Mike Latimer Slimbert and you had uh, Timmy Wolf was the vice chairman Jimmy Collins and every field and you had uh, John Whelan was the secretary Sean Normal was the treasurer at that time and you had Paddy O'Connell and Fiona and uh, there was a period in the meetings were held at the courthouse in Newcastle West and at that time you, if there was a wish final to be played at that time the two clubs would be sent out by uh, the chairman to agree in a referee for the minor final or something and uh, do you know if they didn't in the board they'd have to appoint them and that was another thing at that stage in, in the 70s clubs would be looking for venu- looking for wish finals say that. Be, there was only four venues about five venues when I went to wish board meetings first you had Raquel Newcastle West Nachederi Drumcolor Ballingarry and further down the Nude Skeeton there was about only five venues at that stage you would see the rest of the fields in one you have an established field in every, in every parish now right? yeah, you have definitely good ground on. I suppose yeah. in Raquel we're very lucky to have Mick Neville Park in Raquel and as Jim says the amount of matches that will be on there and you can just drive in and have a look at from a full all of them or whatever but it is a fantastic facility to have in West Limerick Johnny Kindy was in the boards that time I'd well, say Johnny, well, Johnny was a great man for the score and everything I was in score committees with Johnny and Johnny and Johnny and Tom McNamara at that stage put a lot into it you know now did you mention the score Jim back in the um, 70s late 70s 80s and early 90s when I was involved that there was huge halls 
were packed as Keaton Hall, Arundel Hall, the different halls, and you had you had all the different types of competitions, Jim. You I remember now, even Phoenix Media now, like we just remember them too, they won the All-Ireland score, you know, the senior score in 280, and they were actually beaten in 10 finals, luckily, before they won it, and it was great for all that group to win the All-Ireland, Christy Kelly and all his group, you know, at that time, you know. But I remember going to school, I went, I went going to West Corn, uh, Scorn and Oak finals at that time. Every club took part in the score. I remember one night, uh, Paddy Brown was the MC, but it went late anyway, and we were nearly behind till 2 o'clock in Tippett Land to the West Corn and Oak final. You know, it was... And, uh, there were so many competing. It was the same in South Limit, because I was reading papers there lately from South Limit, and every club took part, but it, uh, the standard is very good when you go to provisional level now in the score, and but you don't have enough, you don't have these entries now as you used to have before, but uh, still at all Ireland level now, it's very high. In the olden days, Jim, of when was it his peak? When would you say the peak was the 80s? It was about 74, 75, 76, Gordon and Oak at the time. Yeah. Up to about 80, maybe. We, were, we, used, to, we used to have it, we had it blown Rakeel one time. I remember we were doing the door, we were doing the door one night in Rakeel, uh, Tom Cronin and Lartham Messonin was do, doing the good door. He was at the far upside, and there was a stairs up to the place below, you know, and there was a couple of young lads in there, but of course it was a quick thing to do. They put up a table below at the other side, and the people, some of the people paid coming up. <laughs> And when they arrived above at the top, they said they had paid below, you know? Oh, yes, yes, yes. You were at the top. <laughs> they wouldn't have yeah. been from Rakeel now, Jim. <laughs> it happened, well, it happened in Rakeel anyway. Yeah, but they'd, they'd have been from up the very country. Good, very they'd good, very good, very good. I think Rakeel have over over the years have had their share of referees like you. Jerry Fitz, the refereed all Ireland. Neely Duggan, he refereed in all Ireland, And I'd say Shane would have got there, not the mess him if he had. Well, he had refereed a minor. Was, that, had, a, was that a, a semi final or all Ireland final? He refereed that time. And not only. Which was for Jim. Now, but he was he was, was from Kid Cleaner, I think yeah he was he, heading that way but Neely Duggan would have done I don't know back in the 80s he did a final didn't he 83 yeah yeah, yeah. he did a semi-final in 82 he did under 21 All-Ireland final in 81 I did, I did a couple of monster under 21 finals with him actually I did uh, an All-Ireland semi-final in 82 and 81 yeah but Patsy the Hartley was knocked out at the time I think and he couldn't go on I was yeah. going to study him I think you know Patsy got in didn't was he Mike was, Barrett with him as well Mike Barrett that? Jory Hennessy yeah. Jory Hennessy Kieran McCarthy and Barry Brown and Mike Cunningham was there at the time too uh, before. yeah Mike Cunningham was there for a good period before that and Mike Handy was there at one stage too how did he pick them I don't know but where they were picked anyway, the, I suppose there was no well I'd say it wouldn't be a case of who's available I'd say he had to pick them that they were fairly know, sharp suppose, enough I, was I, it? I suppose I think at that time he or was would, it been available he would pick fellas I suppose that don't know or something I don't know what it was at all even yeah. when Jory Fitzgerald was refereeing at the time he may, uh, there was a Sean Gary who stood with him that time from Rakeel and John Carver and Mianis did it with him at that before that and wouldn't just mix Sexton and Seamus Sexton and Brewery yeah. but wouldn't you usually pick fellas from Faroe a lot of them wouldn't be locked whereas you'd imagine Jerry Fitz or, or Neely Duggan that if you were picking your sixes at six you would have two two four isn't it four t- two mm, on the four. sides well six actually four and two yeah. you'd think he'd pick the whole lot from Red Keel nearly well, over, uh, wouldn't well you? I suppose you pick people that you can trust and then you're not loaded to be fairly reliable reliable people I suppose more than anything yeah not that that happens but I, I, I don't know I suppose it will say you the point you, you could, that could be picked from the one place too like you see that time I don't know there, there was no assessments at that time about things where there's assessments now and all this that's a story, don't know it is a yeah. bit different don't know but is it a bit over the top now Jim uh, a referee is just not really watching the game or they're watching the game but they're equally thinking of the bias above and the standard ticking boxes on their performance well, well I suppose there's a bit there's 
see it, it it's a lot of red tape coming from Crow Park. It is making jobs for people in Crow Park. A lot of it do, you know, it's there, you know. There's people assessing this and it is, it is in every walk of life. Sure, there's assessment in every walk of life now, sure. But it is a good or bad thing, too much of it, you know. James, what do you think of all these changes in the GA? Yeah, sure, look, there's changes in everything. Time. There's changes in everything. Um, there don't have to be changes in everything. And it was a fine not. game in the past, James. It was, and but then if you look at, uh, if you look at some of the old matches, I think the game has moved on big time now. If you look back over the last few weeks, then we've nothing else to do. Only look at old games. The Holland and football is a way better now. There's more athletes. They're fitter. They're faster. They're tis, tis more of yeah, a game. Now, they're fitter, James. They're faster, as you say. Mm. But are they more skillful for I hitting a ball high and low and meeting it as comes an overhead pulling in the ball and I things? I think they are it? more skillful. Well, as skillful now. I mean, when did you see a fellow pulling on the ball overhead last? You know, they they pulled in the ball and they, they might have missed it. You know what I mean? I mean, fellas, it's it's a different game now. You know, it's it's completely the game has changed from when I played it even the game has changed yeah. but so you can't compare like they're talking about Shefflin with his 10 All-Ireland medals like so he, did he have a backdoor for one or two of them and also comparing him to Christy Ring or those players Christy yeah, Ring had a heavy ball different rules and regulations yeah, they were, like the game they were hit they were attacked the same for goalkeepers you play the game as when it is laid in front of you, you know, but I, I do think the game has moved on I think there's more watchable Hurling. Skill of hurling. I think it's very skillful now. How are you in the gym? I think it's fast. It's good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Don't, yeah, don't hear the skill of the hurling, the, the hurling in the man's hand, I'm referring Don't hear it often, and it might be contradictory. The only thing I, I found often about the game, maybe the present game now, is you have too many scores often, in, in this, and you maybe in having not as much play because the ball has been struck from maybe 100 yards over the back. Because it's so light. Yeah, there, but it was a heavier ball there. Out to the old oh, yeah. ball, which landed I, in. Yeah. You had more goals in the earlier days and nowadays James you will find that they're all running around like, and there's bunches you would know sometimes if you I'm sure Shirley over here if she was if she happened to watch the television she wouldn't be sure whether it was rugby or holding she was looking at so many of them all down yeah, poking and prattling I suppose that's what coaches and trainers have brought to their table you know that long ago there was no coaches and no trainers there was throwing the ball and play, play and you have the fella taking loose shots and out in his own this kind of all stuff so that wouldn't be it has taken away man marking man on man totally agree with you it has taken away the man marking yeah. definitely but there's still a lot of skill in the game of Holland it's very fast it's very skillful they're very fit playing it now do you know I was watching a game the other night Antrim and Offaly in an All-Ireland semi-final and I think Patterson was his name in goals we'll say he was he was well, he was well fed in here yeah. so you wouldn't see a player like that nowadays do you know what I mean He's no but there was nothing wrong with Patterson he was a fantastic goalkeeper fantastic and he had goalie, a fantastic driver you know, there are more athletes now they're, they're, they're nearly professional by name yeah now. but it's hardly I'm talking about not, a, a, think a, a, not uh, athletics but I think they're I think they're stronger Holland now I really do I think there's better Holland when I'm watching it there for the last few weeks I think there's way better Holland now it is fast and does pass in gym but the skill of the ground ball and the overhead yeah, ball the, if, and the clash of the ash you'd hardly see a hardly broken yeah, nowadays but if you go back to this uh, go back now to the last number of years there were some brilliant all Ireland finals there particularly in Kilkenny I thought they were excellent, like you know. Recent years. Yeah, I thought they, there was excellent hurling in them. Mm-hmm. They were they met there for a few years now, and I thought their class and their, their ability yeah. was outstanding. I thought, you know, I thought, yeah. you know, I thought was. There's no doubt about it. The ability and the, the they're, they're fit and they're skillful. I think, yeah. So Clare won in All Ireland and uh, were running around the field like headless chickens, and that. But I wouldn't say headless chickens, but I 
would think speed, speed, speed. That's what it has gone to. That's what it's gone to, yeah. So you don't have to be a, a wonderful hurdler or a, a good a, a good stick man. You just got to be very fit and very fast. It's all about finding. And able to pass it and find the yeah, man when you get the ball in your hand. Before, they just flaked it up into the forwards and let him fight it out. Yeah. But I remember the 60s uh, particularly well, that great Tipperary team indoors, and it was man on man. The back man marked the forward and oh, yeah. the best player won whether he was the forward or the back man. But you could be actually pathetic holder now because there's no marking at all. Yeah, and if you're able to get out loose and get away from a man and pass a ball. And how often have we seen, you're looking at it every day in recent years, the fellas on their own literally taking shots nobody near them. I think the pathetic player would be shown up very quick now, I think. He would if he wasn't fit enough. Yeah, uh, what was his name, that yeah, Patterson yeah. fellow from Man? Again, his well, he was a good goalie now he was a second goalie thin lazy player in a, in a band player <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he, he was, was in a band yeah. he was though but uh, he, was, he was a character too but uh, Antrim that time had a junior hurler playing full forward and he scored three goals that day well Antrim had some fantastic hurlers actually in fairness yeah. to me even though they had very little competition in, in their own county but I think in fairness to Antrim they are very very and dedicated awfully that they stood and clapped them off the field I think which yeah. was a fantastic thing to yeah, do as very, well very very dedicated Jim, the scene hasn't changed the whole pile really from the big hurling counties. In back in early years, you had Tape, Cork, and Kilkenny were well back down the field in all Ireland's. Well, Kilkenny have come on in leaps and bounds in recent years. Yeah, but of course, you have a good few teams come in between. They might come in between. Wexford came in between. They only went for the odd one, but they're, Galway, all, yeah. they're all gone away again. Galway probably were a bit the most unluckiest team over the years, isn't it? Like, but the, the rest of them came in between and there was you know there were good enough too right that's true but I'm still saying you're still left with yeah. Kilkenny Tip Cork probably are the ones Tradition. that have really gone down the you're, you're talking about traditional right. winners yeah yes 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 that's right yeah Cork haven't won anything but if we go back to the if we go back to the further back time then if we go back to the further back time then you're saying the 30s and the 40s by the records it was Limerick Cork and Kilkenny yeah Limerick had the gold in 30s right, Cork were there and Kilkenny because a man told me one time now he had he was a guard in Fina and the biggest surprise that came he told me was in 1937 when Tipperary when, when Tipperary beat Limerick in the Munster Champion that year now James what do you the future do you see for your Red Keels St Mary Sean Finn's yes, GA field look, and also any further developments planned on Sean Finn Memorial Park the Sean Finn Memorial Park as you call it <laughs> as it um, is called yes it is, we have a we have a new stand up there at the moment and we're hoping to finish it this year which would be a great asset to the to the field because it's very central and a lot of teams like playing there so we'd like to get once we have a stand up I think it will be a great asset to the and area. do you think could more be done at underage level because that's where teams yeah, are I built think, from in fairness I think the Bone and Oak are very strong now and they're working as hard as they possibly can and football is strong we'll say you know, we're a dual club which yeah. is very hard nowadays to run yeah. a lot of clubs have just the one thing the whole yeah. Our football, but mm. in fairness, we give it both Holland and football with the same care. No, well, it'd be better though. maybe if it was only one club they had. Well, you can't one, like one, one teams rather than Holland. 
There's yeah. no doubt to be whether yeah. to be better or not, I wouldn't say. But As you might recall, in my time there, when uh, a team from Armagh came down staying in... Uh, Fela. Fela at the time, yeah. And Ratkeel beat them severely in the hurling. And when it was all over, Jim, they said we'd have a game of football and Ratkeel won the final that time under 14. And sure, they could only keep it poked out at Northern. That's so the mixed standard football is very, very poor. It's poor, but I mean, at club level, I think it's it's strong, you know. What kind of, a, how you, in, in the future do you see in... Well, I think they're doing a good bit in the schools now. You have, tr- you have two very, you have, I don't know, you have two very good teachers in the school, F- uh, Fiona Galvin, Gerald's wife, and you have Damon O'Connor, the teacher, and they joined up last year, and they put Kilmeady School and Phoenix School in the one team, and it, it keeps fellas going, like, you know, but... It would be nice to see new club, clubs, yeah, smaller young, clubs young, young, coming. You're underaged in, and it is very successful at the moment. They're joined with Fiona Castleman under Bono Belleville uh, Gales, and they're, they're keeping, it is keeping, but there's one thing after happening now this year, we don't realise that people, it is, it was passed kind of easily enough that you cannot win a West Minor Championship in, or, or anymore, or, or anything, it is all gone into the county now, I think. Ah, yeah. Like, it was a nice thing to be able to win a wish, and you can't, they've taken away that rights of winning a wish. I think that was my last county board meeting where they decided to wear the West Board, and you have the likes of Lane going over to Galbally playing and that kind of nonsense, and I'm not familiar with it after after those years. Gentlemen, it was my pleasure having both of you. We've gone over the hour at this point in time, and the, the more you go on, the, you, you get warmed up and tuned in, and we could nearly go on for two hours. So my thanks to Jim Long of Fianna Kilmeady and James O'Connor of Redkeel St. Mary's, and our thanks to Shelley O'Regan of Produced Programme. been listening to 50 Years of Westland McHurling Clubs with Pat O'Donovan and guests. 